Are we doing We Got Waves? There's no point on Skype. I mean, it's kind of funny in continuity. That's true. I kind of like just asking you about it because I get some sort of sarcastic response every time. And that's I think that that's going to be the opening of our podcast now while we're on Skype. It also reminds me deeply of D&D, so it's just like... It's Megan. Aren't we doing the Do We Got Waves? I thought we just did it. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> it's Megan. It's Morgan. It's Eric. And we're and in. We're in. No. <laughs> so so good and so bad. Fucking yeah. Skype. Love it. So hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Are you, what are you doing? Sorry, I was throwing a ball for for Newt, and I oh. hear it. Um. Yeah. I don't know how to start this episode. Eric's back. I was going to say, well, first of all, Eric's first of all, we have a guest. Yeah. yeah. Eric's back. <laughs> also, part of the hilarity of now recording on Skype is that Eric and I are in the same household in different rooms calling each other on Skype because yeah. audio overlap is awful. Actually, yeah, while you were walking around the house with your headphones on, it was like really tripping me out because I could like hear chants, but then I could hear chants. That was weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, you just coming out of the computer at me to real life was <laughs> brain breaking. That was br- that was. Reason. Oh, he just left the screen. That's fine. Oh my god, he's right here. Yeah, I don't. My, I had the hardest time comprehending that for like half a second. I was just like, what? What? Oh, okay. And I was just observing that the whole time. I was just like, <laughs> you're like that lizard gift. <laughs> Oh, the, the bearded dragon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was talking at work once, and I was like, I really hope that whenever I type, like, H-E-H-E-H-E, you guys don't hear me like, he-he-he-he. It's like, <laughs> like Exactly. It's gotta be gross. I'm I'm sorry. Newt got his ball in a bunch of cords, and I don't want to fucking destroy shit. Anything? Why are you the worst? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Love your pet. <laughs> uh, no, they got to tune into, I would say, our last episode, but an episode before this about our opinions on children. Oh, it's definitely our last episode. Okay, our last episode about our opinions on children. Because that's I the last other. episode was the Coco one. Well, that's the last one that like came out. We just mean like recording wise. Uh, okay. The magic of pre-recording episodes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, so we are so here. Megan. Is it live? What? <laughs> this, is it live? 
<laughs> oh my god. No, so yeah. it's stupid shit. We can edit it out and make you look dumb. <laughs> Except that we don't, because again, this is now brought up on the second episode. We don't edit shit anymore. <laughs> nah. I mean, we edit like the beginning and the end, but that's it. And like, if Megan coughs too much, sometimes like when I'm listening, I'll like, let's just edit that cough or <laughs> hiccup or some shit out. <laughs> my throat's not as bad right now. I think it's just because like I'd woken up and then started. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Megan, why is Eric here? Hey Eric, why are you here? <laughs> you um, guest no, 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 no. So I mean, if anyone's been like listening at all recently, they or like over the last three ish years, um, oh my god, nope, nope. no time alarm. <laughs> um, <laughs> they know that I maybe might play kind of sort of D and D sometimes. Maybe. Dabble. I dabble. I dabble. Um, and that Eric may or may not have been my DM for a main campaign and was the one that fucking got me into all this bullshit. And now we're fucking dragging Morgan to the depths with us. I was going to say, subsequently, I am now in this too, so. I texted him, like, right away when you bought your dice. Like, you'll never guess what Morgan just did. And my dice box. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving, and all it is is we just grab another dice goblin and go, come with us, it'll be fun. And as we go down into the deep, dark pit of D&D, as the goblins, we are going, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> And we grab another person, and another person. <laughs> yeah. And it just keeps going. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so we play D&D a lot. And uh, we had a main campaign going for, I don't know how long it was actually going for, but I played it for a year and a half. Almost and, two years. Yeah. I think we, you guys were almost crossing the two-year mark. Um, and it Rick recently ended. Yeah. I was just going to do the sad like thing on my face, and I was like, this is an audio-only podcast. Um, so we decided we'd talk about it. Yeah. Talk about it. Because I'm sure Morgan, also, yeah, Morgan's received my many stressed text messages over the last year and a bit, just being like, oh my god, D&D. And has actually texted me to ask, like, how D&D went, and I appreciated that. So she's got some questions and whatnot to be filled. I will, I will say that most of this podcast focus will be about Mavs, because that's who I was most connected to in this campaign, but... <laughs> yes. I have... Um... Oh. Three questions for Maverick. Oh, all right. <laughs> but then I also have a question or two for Morgan. Ooh, okay. Whoa. He's just taken over the episode. I right? We are no longer the hosts. No. Well, fuck. Get out of here. <laughs> what is this? Every time we have a guest on, they try and fucking take over our podcast. God damn I know. it. Austin, you've got, a, you've got someone on your team now. <laughs> yes. I to be helpful and give good content and so we come prepared and you're just like nah this is a dumpster fire don't worry Ben we're like oh it's okay. fine we already set the fire <laughs> <laughs> you just had to show up yeah <laughs> uh, but before we do all that we're gonna play a fun little game that I sort of made, but not really. I mean, um, you basically made it. It is a game already. We just added a different theme to it. 
Yeah, I basically originally imagined it as like, who's that Pokemon? <laughs> but like, not quite. Um, so we have each gone through the more basic source books. We're not getting no too crazy here. Uh, and we've each picked two monsters. And we basically have three points to say about them. And the other two people need to try and guess what the monster is. Uh, we each start with two points. If you can guess it right away, you get those two points. You can sacrifice a point to ask a question or two. We'll be loose on that bucket. <clears throat> uh, and then if you get it right, you only get that point. Also, if you stump the other two people, you also get a point. And then whoever has the most points at the end is the winner. And whoever has the least amount, uh, I don't know, has to clean Newt's cat litter. Sure. Fuck that. <laughs> Eric's like, what the hell? Well, well Eric, you're not lose, losing, so. I was going to say, I'm not, I probably won't lose. But at the same time, if I lose, it's not my cat. Why do I got to do it? I don't know. I had to think of some punishment. And, like, I couldn't even do that till after lockdown. Like, that's such a, a weird punishment. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I came up with a game, okay? We'll be, we'll be in our room. You leave the door and lock. Morgan comes in, cleans the <laughs> yeah. video litter, and then leaves. A social distance litter cleaning. <laughs> I want it on record that I do not agree to this punishment. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Just watching the judgy looks with our coffee so we get to go and... Alright, who wants to go first? I think Megan should go first. Okay. We can go in the order of the we're in. Okay, that works for me. Um... One or two. Mine are both, like, relatively the same difficulty. I just kind of like them. So one or two. You one. choose, Eric. One. Um, some say I change too much and they feel like they don't know me at all. Others say their favorite thing about me is my ability to be whatever they need. But I'd love to stand within 60 feet of you and hear your thoughts on the matter. I love the way you worded it. <laughs> Do you want to ask the, the category? I, I'm going to ask the category, yeah. Um, I want to say, hold on, sorry, I have to double check. Are you for real? Oh my god. What? It's just not taking me to the thing that I need. Oh. Okay, it is a monstrosity. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, if you click monstrosity, it should narrow it down. Yes. I don't know how much it does, though. Oh, I mean, that's still 11 pages of shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, is it also uh, restricted down to just the monster manual, though? Mm. The link I sent her should be, but I don't think I filtered it on my phone yeah the link you sent me definitely filters it okay because when i looked at my phone it had like 11 pages and i was like but yeah. you know there's only uh three pages oh that's okay i i know what it is because i used it against you guys in the campaign i believe both the creatures i picked we've experienced at one point or another i can't remember when we did the second one it honestly might have been a one shot not the main campaign but i just remember seeing it and being like that was a poor choice, oh. Megan. That's okay. 
I'm not here to win. I'm here to have fun, okay? okay. I clean this cat litter anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, Any ideas? Sorry, so you said I had like 60 seconds. Hmm. Is that up? Or I I... Have a little bit. Do you want me to read it again? Uh, no. Okay. I feel like... Yeah, there's no way I'm going to get the name, but it, so you said that it, it transforms into what you need it to be, some or say, it can. Yeah, some say I change too much, and they feel like they don't know me. Others say their favorite thing about me is my ability to be what they need, and I'd love to stand within 60 feet of you and hear your thoughts on the matter. That last point is more specifically to people who know the monster. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> Any, like, guesses as to, like, a, a type of thing it might be? Like, uh, not really. Like, it's something that can obviously change its form, but I wouldn't really know what to call that. Eric? Doppelganger. Yep. If you had guessed a shape changer, I would have given you the point. Oh. Uh, well. But it is a doppelganger. I'll send you the, the link. She kind of did by saying it's something that changes the form. Yeah, I, I'd be willing to give you points for that. Like a half point? <laughs> yeah, you got 0.5 of a point. Okay, cool. I see it here now. Yeah, the issue with me pulling it up is that my phone tries to spell doppelganger with the two little dots above the A, and D&D Beyond was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, so Eric is at one, and Morgan is at 0.5. Oh, wait, sorry, two. Right. <laughs> Eric's like, bitch? <laughs> I didn't ask no questions. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so do you guys want one or two? Two. Okay. Uh, I can become invisible. I do not need to breathe, drink, or sleep. And I can offer a false sense of hope. Ooh. Um, I'm going to waste a point to ask the category. <laughs> category is... Give me a sec. All right. I So I took a screenshot, but it definitely doesn't tell me... It should say... So, like, if I look at a... Under a the name of right it. Now, okay. Yeah, like, the thing I'm looking at right now is Diva, and then underneath it it says Medium Celestial Lawful Goods, so Celestial would be the category. Okay, so it's undead. Oh. That is the exact opposite to what I expected. I looked at the celestial category and was like, hmm. I'm going to have to go. I have to actually look up the uh, category of this because this is. This is exciting. Okay, so invisible. Um, what was the second one? I do not need to breathe, drink, or sleep. That makes sense for undead. And then a false sense of hope. Yes. Hmm. I have a feeling I know the ability it's referring to. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um. Okay. 
I think I know what it is. I don't. You got me something. <clears throat> oh my god! Okay. Yeah. Is it a willow wisp? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> cool. I thought I originally thought vampire because they have charm person, but then I looked down and saw willow wisp, and I was like, "No, nah, that's hope." And then I looked at it, and it's like hope or doom or whatever is the. Yeah. Where is it here? Hope and doom. I yeah, didn't even read the ability. I just saw hope and was like, done. Yeah, no. Nice. I, I've used I've used Will o Wisps against you guys like or I think it was before you came in. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think I've dealt with them at all. But at the same time, like just that description, I'm like, oh. That was like vague enough. Literally, you said invisible and didn't have to breathe or anything, and I was like, that could be so many things. <laughs> Fair God enough. Damn it. <laughs> like literally like, anything undead doesn't need to sleep or eat. <laughs> Like, my mind for the first two went to uh, the Invisible Stalker. But then he said hope, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Eric monsters, has no idea what brings hope. <laughs> yeah, monsters don't exactly bring hope in D&D. No, so it's just like... Well, uh, I did say a false sense of hope, so... That's true. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I have 1.5 points. I have I one. Have- I have. You have two. No, you. No. I still have two. Yeah. She got one because she stumped you. Yeah. And then I got one because I got that right. Okay. Cool. Cool. Now Eric's turn. Oh, fuck. Also, I. Morgan's deciding this time. Oh, sure. I will. But also, I'm going to keep track of the points so we don't have to keep doing this. Cool. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry, Megan, how many do you have again? I have one. One, okay, cool. Uh, go with one, Eric. One? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm good at, at escape rooms. I have featured in a few movies, and some people say I can be quite bullheaded. I'm going to guess without spending any points. Give me a second. <laughs> I love the the researchy noises. <laughs> Fucking I messaged I'm sorry, this is completely off topic. I messaged Will asking if there was chocolate or some form of famous chocolate in like the shit he's doing now and I don't remember why I asked oh <laughs> nice don't remember what crossed my mind it doesn't matter because chocolate's not a thing apparently which makes sense because cocoa beans but I don't remember why I wanted chocolate um Eric I am gonna ask what category it is monstrosity okay. now I'm gonna double check my answer <laughs> yeah you're lucky I asked I literally, as she asked, I was like, this feels unfair, because now I can double-check if I think I'm right. Okay, yep. Okay, I think, just give me two more seconds. My computer's being slow. 
Okay, I don't even think we're doing the timer thing anymore. No, <laughs> we're, we're not. Like, it's fine. Yeah. 60 seconds is not not feasible. No. Listen, it's our podcast. We make the rules, okay? Um. Okay, I think I have a guess, but I want Megan to go first. <laughs> okay, it's Minotaur. Yeah. Damn. Are you going to guess Minotaur or no? No, I was going to guess, like, Gorgon. Oh, that's a good one, though. But, like, I didn't see anything about, like, the head thing, but I was like, it's been in movies, so maybe. I don't know. Bullheaded. Minotaur. That's, yeah. Literally, you were, like, escape rooms and, like, in movies, and I was like, okay. And then you said bullheaded, and I was like, oh, minotaurs are in mazes. Yeah. That's smart, though. Oh, okay. So that's my turn. Eric oh, has was... three. Megan has yeah, was... three. three. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. So for my second one. Um, I was constructed to only love one, and to death I will follow them. Some people say I'm rather hollow or substanceless. I look horrifically good in plate armor. <laughs> I know this one. I know what you're talking about. Uh, that, was, that was definitely a one shot. I think so, yeah. Can you give yeah, me the category? It's a construct. I technically say it in the the thing. I was constructed. Ah. Uh. See, this is what I'm saying. Like, I knew you'd guess this one, but I was like, the thing for this just made me laugh. <laughs> mm-hmm. What even is under construct? Quite a bit. I was going to say, I, it all just confused me. So, Ooh. spoiler alert, my second one is not a construct. So I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, whoa. A lot of stuff counts as a construct that I didn't think did, though. Because a manticore is a construct. Oh, but it's monstrosity. What? You probably took your... um. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's just because I also have monstrosity selected still. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Unless oh, okay, there's only three pages. That's much better. Robotic manticore. That's why I was so confused. I was like, I thought construct was like robot, basically, was how my pleb brain translated it. Or created. I just came up with a with a fun one shot idea. You, the big bad for the one shot is a creepy uh, scientist artificer that is just start making monster constructs. I mean, that's fun. You can make anything out of metal if you're good enough. Um, I don't know about enough about this category to even begin to make a guess. So I'm just gonna okay. guess a random one. Uh, animated armor. Oh my fuck, dude, you're so close, though. Like, yeah. you're so close. I, I want to give you a point just because, like, that's a solid fucking guess. All right. I'm, I'm going to give you a point. Thank Eric, you, you want to tell her what it is? Helmed horror. Yeah, yes. It's a what? Helmed horror. Oh. Which also, I like that I said I look horrifically good in plate armor. <laughs> but helmed horror is basically, like, sentient armor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. Free fire at you. Oh. 
And it's just like filled with smoke and shit. So that's why he's hollow. Also, I felt that getting the word hollow in there was like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) I almost felt it with an A and I was like, no, Megan, that'll just hurt you. There you go. Okay. So Eric's at five. Megan's still at three. I'm at 2.5. Megan. Oh, yeah, because she gave you that point. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving the point. All right. Um, okay. So I resemble a jellyfish. I feed off mental energy and I glow to show off my mood. Okay. I thought I knew it first. I know but it first. Let me. Can I just say I love your boyfriend, Megan? Why? I love him, too. (laughs) Because I heard some noise, and I look over, and he's just sliding across her ticket under the door. It's it's the reverse of new. I see the hand's going to turn to push it in. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Uh, That was great. God damn it. I'm just going to go with my first guess because I don't think it was right anyways. But looking at this category, I'm not. Uh, is, is it a gelatinous cube? No. Damn. What is it? Er, uh, Eric. It's a flump. Yeah. <gasps> Did she Talk actually the use the flump? Yes. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> And I find it even, it's even more funny because I had told Megan about flumps like two days ago. He made oh, a wow. using it and he was like, oh, I should use a flump. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And then he read me the description and I read it and I was like, well, I can't use it now because he literally made the joke about it. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> and I showed her the picture and it looks like a jellyfish. So when you're saying all this, I'm like, all right, jellyfish, I'm like, narrow does and here's the colors of the moon. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm looking at Megan, I'm like, yeah, I, you looked so sure, and that's why I thought it was a gelatinous cube, because you were like, oh, I'm like jelly, and I was like, Matt, because I was going to pick a gelatinous cube, and then I was like, no, that's too easy. Yeah. Although, apparently, the rest of mine were also a little easy, but that's okay. I like so mine. Do I get a point for stumping Megan? You do. Yay. So, Eric's at seven. Yeah. <laughs> Are we surprised? No. All right. I, mean, I could be higher, but I got stumped on the uh, willow wish so yeah you're the only one that stumps him so far so well you also chose monsters that like he used for you yeah like matter yeah that's fair okay oh we're good yeah uh i live in the underdark aka like caverns and stuff morgan um i confuse vegetarians and people invite me to parties because they think that I'm a fun guy. <laughs> um, oh, there it is. You confuse vegetarians and you live in the Underdark? Yeah. Mm. Ooh. Uh, 
think I know, but it doesn't specify the Underdark. Oh. Oh, okay. I see the environment thing. Okay, I think I know who it, what it is. Okay. <clears throat> what category, Eric? Sacrificing a point? Yeah. It is, it is a plant. Oh, I'm glad I asked. Okay. Which really narrows it down in the monster angle. It does. Um, Mike. Mike. <laughs> the the thing he mentioned, the underdark. If you expand a monster and you scroll down to the bottom, it shows environments. So it'll show you there where it's from. Yeah. It also um. There's when you're on the website, like on the laptop, it there's a thing for environment there too. Oh, shit. That's so smart. I could probably filter it, but it's too much on my phone. Hmm. The party one is throwing me off. (laughs) The the party one was what solidified my answer for me. That's what I... Figured. Mm-hmm. Because so I was going through the list and I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And then I saw it and I was like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Okay, I don't even know. So, Megan, go ahead. I want to I hear random guess from Morgan first. Um... <laughs> So it's between two. Um, you can only say one, though. Okay. Shrieker? No. Damn. Violet Fungus? No. What? No. What is it? A Myconid. <gasps> oh, I totally scrolled past those bastards. Basically sentient mushroom people. That was literally when oh. I was either Shrieker or Myconoid adult. That's a yeah. cool picture. Hmm. I'm a fun guy. I'm fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it conf- and it confuses vegetarians because... You said it confused vegetarians, and I was like, okay, it's definitely a plant. And then you said the fungi thing, and I was like, all right, it's definitely like a mushroom thing. But then I, I saw violet fungus, and I was like, boom. Well, I didn't even can- open the Myconids. The confused um, vegetarian one. That's why I went with Shrieker because I was like, "Oh, let me just eat this mushroom." Oh, fuck! That's kind of the thing with Mike too. It's like, "Oh, look at this mushroom! Oh my god, it's moving!" Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, well, Eric gets two points for stumping us. Yep. So I think. Uh... So Eric got nine. Damn. Uh, Megan got three, and I had three and a half, but I'm also willing to just do three, so, like, whatever. <laughs> Me and Megan uh, basically Eric tied. destroyed us. <laughs> I say stick with a three and a half, so Megan has to do her own punishment that she said out. Wow. But, like, I'm okay with that. I got three and a half, so... <laughs> so even though you well. didn't win, you were the only one to stump Eric, so... Yeah, there you good. go. I, I am actually really proud of that, not going to lie. I'm also, like, impressed with myself that I managed to guess it when he couldn't. So, yeah. Like, go, you know what? You know what, Morgan? This is a victory for us. Fuck that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're the real winners. 
put it on the job apps, we stumped the DM. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, that was fun. That was really fun, actually. And, like, a lot harder than I thought it would be. Especially just, like, how do I give out hints that aren't too giving of the uh, creature, but aren't too vague? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the Helmed Horror one, I figured I was being a little extra by being like, I was constructed. I look hellishly good. Or horrifically good. That's what it was. Yeah. That's fun. I, I will say, Morgan, I, I was prefaced with the this game where it's like, okay, pick a name monster. I'm like, okay, like, that's a lot. It's like, yeah, but like, try to make it easy for him. Like, okay, but like, there's like five source books for monsters. Okay, let's just stick to the monster manual. Let's just stick to the monster manual. Yeah. And like that's that's so much I can but like, pick at least one where it's like something she can maybe recognize. It's not like a beholder or a dragon, but something she might get. I'm like Minotaur. Yeah, I was literally like, I this outside of D and D, like a vampire or like something like that. I should have got Minotaur. I I just honestly was like, why would he pick that? That's too easy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean to be fair, both of mine had the giving hint in puns. I'm bullheaded yeah. and I'm a fun guy. You should know yeah. I, if I could get in that bad pun, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's what the the horrifically good in plate armor. I was like, yup. I don't even care that that's literally part of the name. I think it's funny. I don't really know where to go from here because I don't have any questions for me other than what the fuck is your problem. But Okay. Well, <laughs> I actually was going to say um I think a good way to like give the audience like context to maybe some of our questions is just True. to give like a brief-ish synopsis of like what happened during the campaign or at least for Mavs, I guess. <laughs> okay. I, I also don't want it to be like that. Oh, there's still a lot. No, no, no. I, Let me, I, I think I can do this. Oh, Morgan, wasn't it a thing where, like, we used to try and summarize shit in, like, 60 seconds or whatever on the yeah. podcast? Yeah. I don't know if I can do it in 60 seconds, but I can still try and do it pretty quick. Well, what if I just time you to see how long you took? Okay. I'm down for that. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so basically, Mavs was born. She was a rabbit shifter. Her mom was also a rabbit shifter. Some shit happened that we didn't really get to get into in the fucking campaign. But at any rate, she left her mother at, like, six-ish and ended up being adopted kind of sort of through crazy ways by a bard named Francis. He's a tiefling. He's a great guy. Uh, He raised her until she was about 20. They got into an argument one night because 20-year-olds and she left and decided to go on an adventure. And then he hired a team to go with her. They ended up dying. She found out later and felt really guilty about it. But through all that, she found the Iron Creed, who's like a great bunch of people. And then uh, after they fought a man, of course, she was like, I'm going to hang out with these people because they seem not awful. And from there, basically... Uh, she found out that Ulfgaard, who is our dwarven paladin, uh, got it on with a barkeep who ended up kind of sort of selling her soul to a really bad demony guy and then affecting their son that they ended up having. Um, gosh, gosh, gosh. What else happens? Oh, there's a spell plague. There's a lich. <laughs> who knew? Um, so everyone gets sick yeah. as fuck, including her dad. 
And then they go off adventuring to try and find these super ancient weapons that are, like, all-powerful and stuff. They go with Ulfgaard to his god's, like, first-built temple and go on this really epic spirit quest. Uh, Maz does not have fun at all the whole time. She <laughs> is very sad. And then when they come back, her dad's basically dead. And then there's this whole big... Uh, siege on the capital with the lich and his new death squad crew that i so aptly named them and uh mavs makes friends with too many people and they all get in danger and she's very distraught about it the whole fucking time and then one of her best friends gets captured by the lich and she basically spends the rest of the campaign trying to find him and it doesn't work um yeah freya freya uh gods get involved she, uh, we definitely would have died at the siege of the capital if Mavs hadn't have been drugged once into talking to a god, which is like a whole other situation. Uh, so she helped us out mad time. Uh, a shit ton of people died. Like a lot of people died. There was a, like a siege on the capital. Uh, my dad did die at one point, And then Freya also helped me bring him back. Um, gosh, what else? She never found her friend. He just was gone forever until the end of the campaign. Um... I found him. It was just the campaign ended before that. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, I, that never got Through solved. the campaign, though, yeah. Yeah. Is that uh, it? Uh, that's it for, like, general overview. Basically, we were trying to find these ancient weapons and stop the lich. And also, Mouse was dealing with a bunch of personal shit. Like, she was being hunted down, she thought. Um, for... What reason? Who knows? I do. All right. Because Eric knows. <laughs> you did that in two minutes and 58 seconds. That's not bad. Hey. I didn't get much of the detail in, but I mean, a year and a half, man. A lot I was going to say, I just really wanted a brief overview. So, like, the listeners, if I asked questions about it, they would be like, wait, what? Yeah. And then we wouldn't have to hash it out when I asked it. Okay. So. More um, or less general description. Maverick was a ball of anxiety. Yes. Which also, she was a wild magic sorcerer, which added on top of the anxiety. Yes, as I got more stressed out, my magic started to lash out, and it was something that scared the hell out of me for a lot of the campaign, and then I started leaning into it a bit more, and it was kind of fun. Well, and wasn't that also because you weren't 100% sure if you were affected by the spell plague either? Uh, no, that was a while before. There was a point in time where I lost my magic for a bit, but it was debatable whether we thought I was actually sick or it was the spell plague, and then it turned it out to just be my magic being a dick. That's nice. Yeah, that was in the desert, uh, either on the way to or on the way back from the temple. I think it was on the way to. Because it was when we met the crazy guy. Thor... No. Thordrick. Thordric or Thordrin? Thordrin was Ulfgaard's brother. I can't remember his name, but it's very close to Thordrin. The guy with the goggles that was, yeah, yeah. whatever. With the elephant, the cool elephant. Yeah, the crazy dwarf in, in the, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, we rode an undead elephant skeleton in the desert. It was pretty cool. That's I was like, amazing. Morgan would fucking love this. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, okay, so my two big questions, I want to start with those first. Okay. Whichever order makes sense. Oh. Um, two questions are, one, what happened with Mavs, like, leaving her mom? <laughs> and the second one is, I want to know about Knothole. Okay, so I, I can explain what I know of why I left my mom, and then I can pass it over to Eric. So 
uh, <laughs> when I started the character, I didn't really care about the backstory. I just kind of let Eric deal with it. So when I first started and like kind of finding out about this stuff, both me and my character didn't know anything about what happened. We had basically flavored it as it was a traumatic experience when I was young and I basically just blocked it out and my story was trying to figure it out. Um, what she ended up learning was that there is a song that she knows about the guardian of Knothole and basically someone is not sacrificed, but gives their life basically to lie in this pool and become the like tethering life force that controls this guardian kind of deal. Um, and her mom had become sick at some point before she had Mavs. She worked with the Simic Combine in the area, which is like magic scientists of that world basically, but like kind of shady magic scientists. <laughs> They're like the underground boys. Um, and uh, they gave her a magical crystal behind her heart that stopped the sickness, but also little did she know was like low key kind of an experiment to see if they could like, I don't know, bump up the life essence, I assume, of the person in the pond. He'll clarify on that after. Uh, and then because I was born with that, I was like a better form of it kind of thing. So she, my mom worked with another member of the Simic Combine, Ludmila, to basically get me out of not whole and through Ludmila she contacted Francis and was like hey I need your help with this you need to take this kid so like Francis just kind of got me and ended up raising me so the man never wanted to be a dad but I think he did a pretty good job that's all I know I, I agree <laughs> from what I know about Francis he's a pretty good guy okay Eric now you need to elaborate on anything uh, I missed so the reason Pretty much, yeah, the reason uh, she left was the experiment. It was essentially everyone in my world has magic, whether they know it or not. It's kind of like in Harry Potter, where you can have like a full blood magic caster and then like a squid. Most common are squids. There's capabilities in magic, they can maybe work magic items, but they can't like cast spells. So the pool uh, that the person rested in siphoned off your magic and then your life force. So usually powerful casters and whatnot, usually arch druids or people of such would sacrifice their life to become the guardian and protect the area of not whole. Um, same thing, her mother was sick. They did an experiment to try and like have like a crystal to sit in there and like kind of like a pacemaker almost, kind of like just to give that extra oomph. Um, but then when she had Maverick, uh, it, they didn't expect the magic to be a naturally forming crystal behind Maverick's heart. And because of the magic being untested and what it was, uh, it unlocked her latent wild magic abilities. Uh, and because of this, uh, the Cinec Combine member in Not Whole wanted to take her to the pool because she was so young that it would siphon off her magic first and she'd grow a bit and then it'd go off her life. But because it's wild magic, it could just keep possibly siphoning off the wild magic and see what happens. Uh, mother said, no, no, I'll do it. Like, leave, leave my daughter alone. I, I will take her place. Basically, I volunteer as tribute, kind of thing. Um, so she was in the pool. Same thing with Mila was contacted because she was the assistant to... Uh, the regional manager. 
Kind of. Um, oh my God, Patches. What was so, his real name? Yeah. I don't remember. I no. had it. Uh, okay, the old uh-huh. guy that like was the head of the experiments and shit. I yeah. she saw him in a bunch of scrying and stuff, but I never knew his name, so she just started calling him Patches because I hated being like that old guy. Yeah, old guy with like warp and like liver spots. I'm like Patches. I'm like cool yeah i just remember you saying he had like some patches on his clothes the first time i saw him and i was like patches done yeah um so yeah she was the assistant to him at the time and she knew what he was attempting had an idea what he tend to do it was like oh you're gonna bring a child into this nah getting the kid out called in a favor with francis had him, him take her away raise uh maverick um yeah a uh, couple things uh, the Guardian is a natural golem of sorts, where it's a collection of, like, bones and rocks and dirt and wood and all this stuff. Which and Mavs kind of found out at the end. Yeah. If you've seen uh, The Last Witch Hunter with Vin Diesel, you know the construct that's underneath? Nope. Well, if you decide to look it up, it is very, very loosely based on the construct that's in that movie. Um, and there's two ways to beat it because you can beat the construct and it'll just fall apart. And then there's so I did a I would do a, a dice roll to see how many hours until it reformed. So unless you either removed the person from the pond or killed the person in the pond, it would just keep reforming and coming back to life to protect Nahul. And yeah, and funny thing, uh, the head scientist, uh, Patches, was actually the mayor of Knothole at the time. After I, I was going to say after I left, because I remember one of my earliest scries on him, he seemed to be in some sort of like official building or whatever. You said he was yeah. like behind a desk or some shit. Yeah, the mayor's mansion. Oh, great. So we would have been going in to try and kill the mayor. <laughs> well, I don't know about kill. Knothole would have been very interesting to go to with that group. Yeah, his, his it was very loosely, I left it very vague and tense. Like, you guys could go and kill him, but he goes to be very much a good ally. He's not, he was never seeking you out to, like, capture you and kidnap you. He was more, he had the loose morality to go, I'm doing this to protect the greater good, to protect Knothole. At the cost of a child. It's the cost of one person for the rest of the community like Guardian's supposed to do. At the same time, he was really hella curious because he was unsure what was going to happen with Maverick's mother to begin with and then find out that the crystal just magically reformed in Maverick. He's like, I need to know how this happened. I want to know. He, he was never really seeking her out to kill her. It's more, I just, I need to finish my research. It was scientific curiosity. <laughs> I was at a, a rogue experiment. Um, yeah. I think, like, really, really early on, like, and especially with the way that the scryings happened and stuff, and just, like, the way he was talking, to her it seemed like like I'm hunting her down, like, she's, like, she needs to be captured, whatever. Um, and I think it was after seeing the actual Guardian, I think Mavs kind of had that realization, like, okay, this isn't, necessarily an all bad thing like there might be a reason for why they're doing this it might be something that either we can offer a different solution for or and I don't know if this is a question that was going to be asked at some point if Patches 
had talked to Mavs well enough about it, I think she would have offered to take her mother's spot. Character growth. (laughs) And there's a possibility that that's where it comes down to where I left it that reason that vague enough. Mm -hmm. It's up to you guys to decide. Like you can make an ally, you can kill him and get nothing, or you can kill him after getting so much information. But then you're kind of leaving not whole defenseless. In which case, on top of that, consequences for your actions. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think Mavs would have left it defenseless if she couldn't have found another option. Uh, but also, like, and I had a little list of things to the side that would have made Mavs, like, lose her shit. Going to Knothole with the Iron Creed and any group, like, any member of the Iron Creed, like, not listening to her or, like, considering her before they act or something while they were in Knothole was something that definitely could have set her off. So, like, the Creed was in danger going there. Oh, yeah. Um, second question, what about novel? You're going to have to narrow that down for me. Yeah, so I think my understanding of Knothole, that kind of helped a little bit, but like, like, how did Knothole form? What does it look like? Like, he was the mayor, so there's some kind of government. Like, how does this whole thing work? So, Knothole was originally a community founded by druids because there's, uh, high connections and portals to the Feywild was in that forest uh, and nature and just like it was a generally druidic area. Uh, that's where they formed the magical pool when it is a latent pool of magic that allowed them to make that ritual to make the guardian. So they used that to help protect the forest around them. Um, it continued to grow and grow as society did and the druids kept to themselves. There's kind of like a, almost like a sacred rite or like a secret group. Uh, they had their thing in the woods and did that. And then a city grew near them, but they never clashed. It's like, you guys had your thing. You hunt to what is needed. You don't overhunt. You respect your kills. You do everything and will live copacetically. Um, the city grew, I think I had it at like, Five thousand population ish. Like it is a decent village to town kind of area. Um, it was heavily based in lumber hunting and something else. I think it part of it would just been like herbology and stuff, like general nature based economy because that's what they were around. Uh, yeah, they had mayors for like. I think with most of this age part, no, they would have had a government in there since the age of elevation. So the last age of the world before the current one that we were in. Um, They were not a super well-known city or town. Like people would know of it. They saw that, like, okay, yeah, that place, cool. But if you lived in like that area of that continent, you'd be like, oh, not whole. Yeah, like that's the... The British Columbia of this world kind of thing. People go like, "Oh yeah, that's that's over there." We got you know, trees. <laughs> yeah, because I remember when Mavs tried to look up information about Knothole, there really wasn't much. It was just that basic general like, "Yeah, Druids made a place." Yeah, it was never like a, like a big like, "Oh, this is a great economy," and like you go here to trade. Like if you wanted to go there for specific, 
like reasons there, there's no problem to get there is the reason it wasn't so well known is to get through if you went by foot on land there's three different forests you had to go through because it went from the big forest the middle and the small uh and there's creatures there called the wen and the wenbar which Patrick knows all too well uh that the wen serve the wenbar there's they're creatures that can essentially knock you out with sonic vibrations sting you with their stinger to paralyze you and bring you to the wenbar which they uh worship like a god and there's only ever one of them it was a very large monstrosity that would self-procreate self, uh, after the mother or whatever was never decided to gender just whenever it had given birth the children would fight and whoever survived got to feast on the body of the mother sustain itself until it grew large enough and took over control of the land and so the wen would bring them sacrifices and or tributes as the adventurers or people aware they could capture. And if they didn't, the wenbar ate them instead. Those were uh, the creatures that you guys fought at the end of my one shot. Yes. The wens. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, oh man, when we talk about like DM fudging rolls, I could have fucked you guys up so hard with those things. They're brutal. They're brutal. I was going easy and I was still paralyzing you guys left and right. I was like, this is rough. I want some of them to survive. It's real mm-hmm. rough. Um, well, yeah, I think I mean, to get there safely was if you had taken uh, the sea route to go or a dragon path or dragon like from the port towns nearby, and they had a specified, cleared, and warded path to get to Knothole. Hmm. So. so I think my confusion with Knothole is just like it seems kind of like a fucked up place. <laughs> I think so I feel like that plays into kind of Mav's perspective of the whole guardian thing because for most of my playing I was under the impression that Knothole didn't really know who the guardian was or what they were there was like that song and everyone was like oh cool there's like this guardian thing but no one knew that people were being like taken basically to this pool in like the middle of the night and used for whatever and then kind of as I grew to understand it it was like kind of like what uh, Eric was saying, where it was the druids in the city, and eventually they kind of melded together to not yeah. separate themselves from the world, but not deal with their shit, and then the Guardian kind of protects them. I didn't get to deal with, like, the city itself a lot, but it seemed like like the Guardian was, like, an honorable position, and, like... It, it was a position like of honor back in the past when the druids were their own thing. Mm-hmm. It was such a thing. And got kind of like diffused as time went on. Sort of thing. As time went on, it kind of went from like, there's a point in time, I think it was during the Age of Elevation, um, that it was it switched from being a point of honor where it's like, oh, we have the person who's strong to it now. It's like, okay, now we have to go fairly. It's going to be like a, like a draw your lots sort of thing. Sorry, you pick the short end of the stick. Oh, God, it's like that lottery short story from fucking high school. <laughs> Except yeah, instead of stoning it, it, the person to death, you throw them in a pond. But, like, and that's that's what I feel like is kind of the messed up part of it. It's, like, to keep the town going, you need to sacrifice someone at some point. And, like, I don't know, it just seems a little messed up. 
it, it was very much the like the whole city didn't know that it was a thing is the people who needed to know knew about it and that information got passed on to the next leader and the next leader okay so it's not like the whole town knew that this was a no. thing okay no. that makes it a little bit better then i'm like who just the hell? they were snatching yeah, no. the middle of the night kind of shit <laughs> no yeah no it was never like all right yeah, everyone pick your pick your things it's not like the hunger games where everyone's lined up in the courtyard it wasn't that <laughs> right? okay People would follow bloodlines or see who was powerful enough to be able to sustain such the mantle of responsibility. And so they were able to go, okay. There was testing that, that they did, which was disguised as um, in that area as like a coming of age part of ceremony, which there was coming of age ceremonies, but they also snuck in a test to see if you were a candidate or not. Sneaky. Sneaky boy. And that's how they were able to keep track of who could possibly take over the role of being the guardian if the need came around. Okay. Well, I just have to say little, I'm glad Mads got out. Yeah. <laughs> she might have got back. A druidic uh, Illuminati kind of thing. Ah. Yeah. Gross. Illuminati confirmed. Control. Illuminati confirmed and not whole. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, I thought I could do it, but I totally can't. I'm going to really quickly run and go pee. Great one attempt my question. <laughs> oh, I I have some more. Wait, let's see if I can hear her come up the stairs. There she is. And door. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have a couple more, but these probably won't take as long as those two questions, because I really wanted to know the background of where she came from. Like, of her life? Yeah, like, those two questions were my major ones about, like, why did her mom have to, like, why did she have to leave her mom, and, like, what the fuck is not whole? <laughs> like, those were my two biggest things. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, the big thing with that, too, is because Megan was playing... And said, like, okay, I might just like kind of come in as a couple sessions, do my thing. I'm like, cool. We don't have to worry about a backstory for you. And you just make something up and boom, I'll just make a canon. And she starts, oh, like, do you want to play? She's like, yeah, I'm enjoying this. I want to continue playing. I'm like, okay. You like make up a backstory, something that's just, even just bare bones, and we can just workshop later. I just need something. She's like, okay. And then, you know, I'm waiting. And I'm waiting. And like two or three weeks later, I'm like, all right, Megan, like, Maverick's been alive for like twenty odd years. What does she mean? Like, oh, oh, you can just make it up for me. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Next I'm like, all right, I got your backstory. You're all good. And she's like, oh, okay. What is it? I'm like, well, because you because you waited so long and you couldn't come up with a backstory, you don't get to know it. She's like, what my character? I'm like, nope. Drama. You punishment. <laughs> I think that's awesome. It worked really well for the character. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, it was never completely blocked out where she's like, oh, I'm just six. Like, no, there's very random memories she had of being a child with her mom and stuff. And it's just that traumatic event of what happened in that span of time that kind of got blocked out. And then going on with Francis, that she started making better memory she still remembers her mom and everything but it's never a 
oh yeah, like me and my mom did all this all the time and that and that and this. And like, no, she remembers. Yeah, her. no, it was like I remember her singing songs to me and like just like random little things. Yeah, yeah. And you get those random uh, vivid memories of something you did as a kid. You're like, wow, where the hell did that come from? Okay. Okay. Hello. Yep. Um, okay, so I have a couple more questions. Um, so this one is for Megan. So what do you think, um, that now that the campaign's over, like, what do you think was Mav's most defining moment? Oh. Oh. Like, a point where, like, either your character changed or, like, your priorities changed. Like, what was a defining moment for her? Um... Huh. I feel like it's a bit of a mix because, okay, so it's kind of two events. The first one would be going to the stupid fucking temple because, A, that was, like, what, like, a two- or three-week-long thing for us, like, in-game? Because uh, it took us a to, while to get out there. It was three weeks to a month because there's the getting out there. You guys did two weeks, two, set, two and a half sessions maybe in the temple. Yeah. The last half of the session was getting out and back to Drafford. Yeah. So it was like, it was a decent amount of time. So it was probably like the longest, like long-term kind of adventure thing she's done. But it also like, I think it put into perspective that we weren't just running around killing random things for contracts. We were working with gods and doing like serious shit. And the whole way there, she had gotten a sending scroll so that she could keep in contact with Francis. And once we got into the temple, it stopped working. And then for, like, I think the three or four nights or whatever that we were in there, she basically didn't sleep. So I kept just, like, taking on points of exhaustion and, like, the reasons she wasn't sleeping kind of kept piling up. And then we got to the end fight. And honestly, I forgot about the end fight. But now, yep, this makes sense. Uh, The end fight was when Mushu and Jesse died. But, um, Elos, thank you, brain. Uh, Elos ended up coming back. So, I think it was the first time that she had had to deal with a non-natural death for someone that was close to her. And, like, she almost died in that fight. Like, she managed to kind of stay out of it for the most part. But the second that she tried to go forward and help Magnus... Literally in one round, I got taken from, like, full health to, like, three hit points in, like, so, like, I was, like, oh, my God, like, this is some fucking shit, and we managed to get out, and then that's when we met um, Madame Rowe? That's when you met Madame Rowe. Oh, yeah, sorry, everyone else had met her before, so she came to us, and she's, like, this fortune tellery type lady this purple tent shows up out of nowhere, and everyone's, like, oh, hey, it's Madame Rowe, and I'm, like, what the fuck? <laughs> And she goes, like, there. It was a lost temple that was buried in the sand that just became like no one had been able to find it until Wolfgar had been shown by his god, like, you gotta go here. Yeah, we got and we were there. guided by a god to this temple. Yeah. We were underground for days. No one knew where we were or anything. And this bitch just shows up and everyone's real chill about it. And Mavs is like multiple, multiple levels down underground when they've been warned by another god saying, You're running out of air. Uh-huh. And she just appears past all these traps, locked her in, just kind of knocking on their door, and you guys gonna let me in? And we're just like, oh yeah, sure. And, but Megan's like, the what? fuck? Who's this bitch? Like, <laughs> uh, but she was the one that gave me the scrying orb. 
Yes. So I feel like the series of like being in the temple, being closed off from everyone and kind of being forced to go within herself and realize what the fuck was her problem kind of thing. Um, and then when they got out, that was also when you had the experience with the mirrors. Yeah, it was like, and everyone else in the Creed had mentioned to me before that they had some sort of event that happened with mirrors and it was shitty. So I kept it in my character's mind to just not fuck with mirrors. And we got to a point in the temple where there was a hallway and there's a bunch of mirrors and I had taken on a bunch of exhaustion points. So I was moving at half speed and my mirror was at the end of the hallway and everyone else is running into their mirrors and like getting in fights with themselves and like talking to each other and shit. And I'm literally just crawling down this hallway. It took me like four turns to get there. Everyone else was like, I'm doing this. And I was like, I keep crawling until I find <laughs> a mirror somewhere. Jesus yeah, because Christ. Because you, you're on the ground. You're already at half speed. You're at 15 feet. If you stood up, it took half your speed. Yeah, I think that's what up. it was, was I literally had to be prone on the ground. So I was like, I crawl, I guess. Like, fuck. Yeah, yeah you're and like, sure, I, I'll take the full 15 by just crawling. I got to the mirror and it was basically supposed to be like the the perfect version of yourself or the version you wish you could be kind of thing was how she interpreted it. And like... Kind of mirror bears it. Hmm? Kind of like the mirror bears it. Yeah, like you see what you desire kind of thing. And from what I understand, she basically saw her kind of like older as her mom, but she had like these cool vine tattoos and stuff all over her arms. And she had like a, a dagger or something. Oh no, it was the, the quartz. Yeah, yeah. No, the gem was given to you in a dream. No, no, no. So the gem was given to me in a dream. I picked it up as a pink quartz. And when I picked it up, the color drained into my arm and it became a clear quartz. And I kept the stone. And I remember when I saw her in the mirror, her stone was still pink. So I was like, that's weird. Because she like flashed it to me in like a weird way. And I was like a... Hey, and I what I got, and I was like, "Yeah, fuck you!" Like, yeah, and then she put it in her pocket. I, I, as Mavs, I feel like it was to tempt me to try and go get that stone from her, but I just like lied there, and I was like, "No, like I'm not, I'm not doing this. Everyone else is giving into this. Like, this isn't something I'm participating in. This is where I say no, damn it." Yeah, it, it was a mix of so that vision or the trap itself. The mirrors is to tempt you and show you into what you believe to be your perfect self or your most successful self. So the version of Maverick Older as someone who is confident and had control of her magic. And then she went and got the tattoos. Because <laughs> why not? Then, which is the serendipitous of it. I'm like, oh, I'm buying tattoos. That sounds cool. Like, I could see Maverick doing that. And I explained to her, I'm like, these cool wicked buying tattoos, which and I told her, I'm like, reminds you of the tattoos your mother has. So that kind of adds that connection of, like, I reunited my mom. I've got tattoos, da, da, da. Oh, that's why I was and thinking, then the like, day later, like mom. Yeah, and then, like, uh, the session, at, like, the night after, or, like, in a couple days, he just goes, oh, I fucking hate you. Or, like, you're in my head or something. Because I was literally thinking, before this happened, going, Mavis might get some tattoos. Maybe some vines. And you go, pull that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and then I would say the second biggest moment, which was kind of from this because it was a big fear that she was dealing with for a lot of the campaign, was when Francis actually died. Because they had come back, they made it back to Drakford from, oh, from the capital. Holy shit. 
Okay. So we fought in a war one time. And when we all made it out, super traumatized, dealt with our shit. This was like, so that was like afternoon tonight-ish. We escaped to Drakford, kind of dealt with like the immediate consequences of whatever was going on made it into the next day and I started like making my rounds to the people that I knew in Drakford because that was Mav's thing whenever they got into town was she had to go see all the people in the town that she knew to make sure like they were chill and let hi buddy do you want to come up hi Newt hey buddy Newt no okay bye uh so just like Dizzy yeah yeah (laughs) yep dickhead he wants to see the swords. Typical. Um, so she went to see Belinda, who was the barkeep that they knew and who she really Gnomish liked. Barkeep. Huh? The gnomish barkeep that had a crush on a Goliath. Yeah. So her and Elos had a whole thing going on for a bit. And then Elos was kind of stupid about it and got <laughs> me involved. And so he was like, Mavs, can you go tell, or I was like, I'm going to see Belinda. And he was like, oh, can you tell her I'm not going to like make our date or whatever? And I was like, sure, whatever. So I went and I talked to her and I was like, hey, Elos isn't going to make it. And then instead of being sad about it, we just decided to have a girl's date and get wasted in her bar together. She closed it early. We got drunk. We ended up then going, uh, <laughs> she was like, I want to take you out on like a night on the town. And I was like, sure. We go out, we go bar hopping. She takes me to what is essentially a gnomish strip club. And I meet her friend Gunther and we all sit in like the private room. And like, I'm imagining Detroit become human, like those little rooms, like with the big like circle bench. We're all just chilling in there. He gets us a special drink that I can't recall the name of right now, but he made a whole big deal about getting it for me. The whirly gig. The whirly gigs. Thank you. He got us whirly gigs. We got wasted on whirly gigs. I, as Mavs, was purposefully trying to waste time until midnight because I thought that my scrying orb refreshed at midnight, not sunrise. So I waited until midnight, tried to scry on Theo because we had just left him in the capital. Uh, it didn't work. So I just like thunked my head against the fucking thing and was like, well, now I'm kind of sad. I guess I should go home because it's like, you know, whatever time in the morning. So Maverick walks her drunk ass home. And is like, burp, 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 and she gets back so to whatever. You went to, the tent, you went to the tent that Francis was in. Francis and. I went to the, so we had like a, a larger-ish tent with like, Francis was there, Fizz was there. There was like a couple people who'd been injured that we knew that were like in this localized tent. So I went back to them and Ahmed, who was another friend of ours and integral in taking care of Francis and shit when he was sick, um, I went back to the tent and he like stopped me and was like, where's the rest of the creed? And I was like, I don't know, dude, it's two in the morning. Like I'm, I'm not going to wake them up. And he was like, no, like you need to get them here. And I was like, dude, like let me pass, let me see my father. And we like gotten like a bit of a tiff. And I was like, yeah. I need to spend like as much time with him as I can or whatever. And I just specifically remember him saying like, there is no time. Like he didn't tell me that he was dead, but he just said like, there is no time. Straight up, we could have been playing for another, like, five minutes. I didn't hear shit. I, like, was so tunnel-visioned in that moment of Mavs just, like, sitting down and being, like, like, he's actually dead. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, what, how, what, what, what do I do with this? I don't know how to deal with this. And then so everyone showed up, and we went in, and, like, I know I've said it before. Hmm? Your cleric that was drunk on a cliff. Yeah, except for fucking Magnus, who was off on a cliff somewhere. Um, 
And I know I've said it before that like D&D is good at helping you work through different emotions and shit like around people that you know and trust. Trying to figure out how to deal with your father dying in that minute is kind of weird. Um, so we like went in and we saw him and whatever. And then one of Freya's flowers, which was the flowers that we used in the battle that kept us alive, just like kind of appeared in his hand. And I was like, oh, okay. So like I took it and basically started doing the ritual to bring him back. Um, uh, we had a bard in the group at the time who claimed that he knew my father in whatever way or another and without asking my character decided to offer a song for this ritual and that was the point at which she decided that people stepping over her especially for shit that's hers like her father uh was not something that she would tolerate anymore yeah we ended up we did this the resurrection thing and ended the session without knowing if he was alive or not so that was cool um and then yeah and then we came back and he ended up living which was nice uh but i feel like that really changed maverick a lot and like seeing the change in francis i feel like changed her a lot too because he was very not like easygoing necessarily before and like even more like straight up with her about things and I feel like just said a lot of more blunt things that he necessarily wouldn't have beforehand. And like, Mm -hmm. he was honest that he doesn't think he experienced anything in the afterlife and anything like that. And so I feel like that just kind of grounded Mavs in that like, you know, anyone can die at any second. Cool, better deal with it. And then also as time went on, I think she kind of realized how like, the level of lucky she was that she got the chance to bring him back. Cause like really only like stronger clerics and stuff have access to those sort of spells. So like the fact that a God that I never really interacted with before until recently gave me the option to bring him back was like a big thing for her. The chance. Cause it's yeah. still very much failed. It was just more mm-hmm. of like. The opportunity you- to try yeah. the thing. Yeah. And like that not a lot of people get that. And that, she dealt with people on the daily who knew that like friends and shit that they knew had died and like, just to be grateful, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Woo! <laughs> push that mortality. Like, yeah, you guys are adventurers and you have magic to like revive each other, but like, it's not always going to work. You're it's not always going to work. And as much as you love having these connections, with people, they could be at risk, not just, because, like, oh, your enemies are going to combine them and kill them. Or, like, oh, they're doing something stupid with you guys and they die. And you go, oh, bring you back to life. Like, no, it's that, uh, like, you guys are all still mortal. There oh, and also, huh, while all that was going on was when she read Francis's journal and, like, found out that he had hired the adventurers to go with her and, like, all this stuff. So I feel like that just solidified their connection kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Then, like, oh, okay, Dad, like, Oh, fuck. Okay, Dad. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> the next question may not be. I mean, it might be emotional. I don't know. But <laughs> this was something I was really wondering. Um, so, if the campaign had gone on, would Mavs have found Theo? And is he alive? Like, what happened with Theo? <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so I'm going to start with what I thought was going on with Theo. So okay. after he got captured and I scried on him and the lich saw that someone was watching him, basically, so they knew that he was important to someone. They didn't know who to because he couldn't see me through the scribe, but they knew that someone was watching him. So basically from that point on, I couldn't find him. I had also figured out through some very specific location scrying that the the noble district in the capital could not be scried on. So I assumed for a very long time that he was keeping Theo in the capital and that basically my option would be to storm the capital to get him back, whether that be later on in the campaign when we eventually actually get there or the thought that was stewing with me for a while of just saying fuck it and going on the lamb and going to the the fucking capital to get him myself, which I'm very glad I didn't now because of the knowledge that I have, which is Eric. I would like to preface this. Uh, <laughs> if you think about it, Megan, think about uh, Star and Bala, this critical role. Uh-huh. Remember Gilmore and all them? Uh-huh. Kind of the uh, influence. Great. Um, oh yeah literally when that fight happened my heart like broke and okay sorry I also very much went into this assuming I would either need to break some sort of control on Theo like I knew he wasn't dead but I also knew that he was with a lich who can control people really easily so I figured I would definitely have to fight him at one point and it would be a choice of either breaking whatever control he had on him or killing him myself and, like, because I knew he was a lich, I knew I couldn't leave a body. So, like, if the option was kill Theo, it was, like, kill Theo, Sorry, break Theo. the bones, burn the body. Like, yeah, it was, it would have been a whole thing that she would have had Yikes. to do. Yikes. And it's great, because what actually would have happened is so much worse. Okay, great. <laughs> so, the lich is a made monsters and or minions that I call, uh, I think they were the juggernauts or something like that. I've, I had an actual yeah, You did, because I, I had scried on a lich at one time, and I saw him send a juggernaut after us, but it was just a random, I just yeah. saw him send, like, big fucking guys after us, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So he was he was sending out those things because they're, they're just mindless and able to just go. What they were is people who were tortured and experimented on by him with magical runes and brands into their body for binding and enchantment. And they had a almost like X-Men juggernaut kind of helmet on where it's just the eyes but you couldn't see anything else that kept them under control and his influence on their mind. And stop people from trying on them. And protect them. (laughs) The unstoppable force that you can't see. It was going to be very much a cat and nose game where like they could with the magics and stuff that he imbued in those people that were only active as long as that helmet was on so they destroyed the helmet they just returned to whoever they were they didn't have like oh like he had a bunch of resistances and immunities to match because of the brand but that helmet came off it's gone so um if that you guys can hurt him but like depending on what you do he could just keep hurting you guys. You guys have to go. We have to run. We have to go. But he would just keep coming. He would just keep going at you. Um, 
And so you're sending a bunch of those people out and one was steel. And it came down to, it was going to be like rules of which one they find or if he is the one that comes to them. Um, and it would have been either A, they fought him and killed him, in which case the helmet would have unlatched or they'd been able to take it off and realize, oh, it's Theo. They could have okay. not been able to, they could have been not able to take the helmet off and it's just there and they go, okay, fuck it, whatever, and they leave and they And we just never know. Without the knowledge that it's Theo. Actually at that point, because when you scry on someone, you can tell the difference between if it's like blocked or whatever or if it can't connect with someone. So at that point, I guess whenever I tried to scry on Theo next, it just wouldn't have worked. Yeah, and I would have been was, like, uh. <laughs> it was the difference between resisting and being blocked. It was always blocked yeah. because of the helmet. So she tried to do it after they beat the glitch and whatnot. And she's like, oh, there's, there's nothing, nothing to here to connect to. Yeah. She's like, what? What? <laughs> or it was going to be, again, depending on timing, what they did, uh, the Theo could have returned and would have been like one of the last defenses of the lich within like certain chambers so they'd have to like come up and they just see him just standing there but they wouldn't know it's him because it's just a helmet and it's like do you stay and try and bring him back and give the lich more time to do whatever he's doing or do you go to the lich it's that decision of like what's more important to you guys so fun fact (laughs) i was talking to will about this afterwards and he was like uh if if he had been the one, like if we had fought Theo and he died or whatever, and he was like, if I had been the one to notice that it was Theo and like to make that connection that we just killed Theo without Mavs knowing, uh, he doesn't think Tibby would have let her know. He thinks Tibby would have like marred the face in some way to make it unrecognizable and just left it because he knows that Mav would have fucking snapped. And I was like, yeah, you got a point. Also on top of when the last rise that worked before the helmet was put on um was uh what was her name uh christera i was gonna say so it was christera that sent message to him yeah she she did the sending spell to theo try and get a response and like talk to him about it and everyone started freaking out when i had her respond because she was just saying what theo was saying to her which was no get out go away stop and then just the last 20 words is just a repeat of obey. Obey. Yeah, Mavs ended up just like stopping Christera and being like, okay, like I don't I don't need to hear anymore. Yeah. It was just Yay. so much of like him freaking out during the torture and like trying to get out and then the helmet locked into place. Ugh. Came and stuck and so he just kept repeating. Okay, so if it was the scenario where they would have, like, he was the last defense for the Lich and he was just standing there, um, they might have fought him and not even known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until possibly after the fight with the Lich, if they survived. There's oh a couple scenarios God. where, like, we, we could have killed him and just not even known it. And I was like, wow, I had a hard time coming to terms with Mavs, like, knowingly killing him. Jesus. Because if she found out that it was Theo, it would be the same thing of, like, wanting to destroy the body. Like, she would stop whatever she was doing to take care of that. So if we were, like, in the middle of some crazy fight or something, she'd probably get fucking murked for it. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. Glad I asked. 
if, if I had gone really dark, again, depending on what the party had done, yeah. the Lich would have left, like, would have had the Theo you know, in the room with him. They had to fight both. That would have just lowered the abilities of the Theo at that point. And what would have happened is during the fight, like, right near, like, they know they're about to kill, I'd have the Lich use a legendary action to unsnap the helmet so it drops off and the realization comes on Theo as like a blade or spell hits him. And then the fight continues. Oh my god. See, and the funny thing about this is, is my original thought for this whole thing was I have a spell called Encode Thoughts, which I can pull like thoughts from my head and store them. I was going to go get like a, a flask or a container or something specifically made so that if she ever thought she had to fight Theo, when I was originally thinking about it, I didn't think she'd be able to knowingly fight him, knowing who he was. So my thought was to get Tibby in on it and say, like, look, if this ever comes up, I'm going to pull literally all my memories of Theo out of my head and put them in this bottle and then fight him not knowing who he is. And whatever happens, happens. And then afterwards, like, you need to remind me to take these memories back. And then I was talking to Will about it and he was like, do you really think Mavs would be able to survive taking those memories back and realizing what she had done, though? Like, I get what you're saying with fighting him, but, like, think about the after effects. And I was like, oh, damn, yeah, you got a point. <laughs> You'd probably go a little loopy. You could also save that by going after the fight where Tiffy goes, all right, take those memories out. And then he just... That's true. I could have erased the memories of killing him. I don't think I would have wanted to at that point, though. That spell honestly scared Mavs after she lost that one memory. <laughs> So well, that was because you, you didn't... I didn't use it right, yeah. Which you, was my own fault, whatever. gave them to Caden and then never got them back. I didn't read the spell properly enough, and I didn't actually have the power to take them back anyways. So, yeah. <laughs> yikes. Um, okay, so I have one last question for Eric. And then Hi. Eric can ask questions. So, now that the campaign's over, did you have any, like big things plotted for the Iron Creed that you're sad that they didn't get to do? Yes, most of the campaign. <laughs> um, <laughs> we drank our fear I would have loved to have seen them start doing the planar travel to going after the artifacts to see how they would deal with different planes of existence and how they would have gone about trying to get certain artifacts. Not all of them were like, kill this guy, get the thing. Some were Dungeon Delve somewhere. One was like, uh, it was held in like a treasury or like something that was like very into a high end person, like a king or something. It's in like their like place of honor. So it's like a, you try and steal it. You try to borrow it. How do you try and do this? It's not always kill and take. Yeah. Um, and I would love to see them go through through that. I really wanted the group to go to what was the story? It would have been the end game storyline, the third arc of having that final battle happen where it oh. comes to the realization that um uh that Elos who died his whole body, spirit, all that was taken by Kirill, all the big bad. And it would have been they get to the final part of the ritual where they try to stop someone pledging themselves to Kirill, which 
solves that final piece and out of like a large golden sarcophagus steps he lost his body as the vessel wow at that, point, at that point it's very much like you guys have to fight your friend but you know it's not your friend you all know he's dead and gone why I was going to say, I feel like that wouldn't have caused us quite as many problems as you think. Because I know at least yeah, Mavs and Tibby had kind of made that, like, he's gone. Like, if you come across him again, it's not him. It's the Enlightened King trying to fuck with you. So I feel like, honestly, he could have brought Elas straight up back to life and made us fight him. And we probably still would have tried to murder the shit out of him. But it, or Elas. Like, if we didn't know. Yeah, right? <laughs> I was like, gonna... back and we're like, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's because that fight wasn't going to be like, he has a monster health, like he's only this, like no, he was a multi-formed fight. So it would have been the one fight, you kill him and like the vessel that's containing him, because Elos would start to break. Is He still had the opening in the doorway from the far realms to be there, so he's still siphoning off. So it's like, do you try and close the portal? Or do you try and his second form which hmm. is one of his more true avatar forms too we've now been on the prime material plane for them to go fuck <laughs> hmm. so it was, it was like certain abilities that would have been available at the elos form and then lost and then other abilities would have been available in your lol avatar form mm-hmm. didn't do before so it's been that like all right now y'all gotta change tactics have fun Fair enough. Okay. And then fight a lich after. Or no, sorry, fight a uh, fucking... That's the other thing that blows my mind, is the lich wasn't even our biggest fucking problem. No, the, the lich was a servant of sorts to your law. He was the the Lady Briarwood of Vecna. Yeah, literally. Okay. Yeah, he, he oh, was... I shouldn't be saying that. Morgan's watching that. <laughs> he was that brought... I won't remember. No, you won't. <laughs> he, he was brought back um, he was released and freed and then contacted by Cure Law being like, hey, you're, I know what you're all about. I can offer, hook up? <laughs> yeah, I can offer you more power. All I ask is you do this. I don't care what else you do. You're not technically under my control. So you can do whatever you want, but I'm giving you information on artifacts to further your own power. I just ask in return that you do this for me. Mm-hmm. So which are power-hungry mages, was like, all right. All right. I'm not telling my soul that you're giving me information I didn't have for power follow facts. Cool. And what he found out is because Pure Law was trying to get rid of prime gods and or, like, powerful beauties that could counteract him. He gave him the information, gave the Lich information about the corpse of a prime god that still had divinity. So the Lich was like, oh, I could become a god? Hell yeah. So he took the Hell yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll do this for you. If I'm, I'm becoming a god, I can just fuck off to my own literal plane of existence. Done. But the list is also like, I'm going to take the power of this prime god and just go, fuck you, Kirill. You ain't coming in. Here's my world now. So it's that kind of like power playback. Yeah. Nice. That would have been really interesting Ugh. to see how that would have played out for sure. Yeah. Wow. All right. I can, are you ready for my question? Sure. <laughs> what was Maverick's biggest fear? <sighs> See, 
I don't know, because I feel like a lot of it was losing people, but, like, if people just died of natural causes, or, like, like if Francis had gone off on his own adventure and, like, died on that, like, she would have been sad, but it wouldn't have hit her quite as hard. I think it's losing people and, like, she can't help them kind of thing. Okay. Okay. So I guess just not being able to help people. Okay. Uh, were there any love interests in the party for Maverick? If oh. Not actively. <laughs> who in the party that like everyone she had, she had uh, traveled with, who would have been a potential out of everyone there? Um, I honestly don't know if she could have gotten past the age thing. Because all the people, the only one that was around her age was Kalea, but she definitely wasn't gay. <laughs> uh, I don't really know. I rolled my head originally because I thought this was just a love interest in general question, and I was like, you know the answer to that question. Um, I yeah. do. I'll, I'll get back to that then. Okay. Also, actually, I have a little, a little comment on that. Um, I don't think she would have taken interest in anyone in the Creed. I think there was too much of an age difference, and even past that, they're, like, the one she got along with best was Tibby, but even that was, like, a, you're, like, my big brother. The gnome We, we still big... don't, like, get along on, like, an I date you level. Like, we have tea together and shit, but, like, sometimes I definitely still want to punch you in the face. So For someone who has never, like, observed you guys playing and just gotten Megan's, like, info, I would have shipped you and Tibby. But again, I wasn't like around you guys all the time. I didn't know your dynamics all that much. Yeah, she wasn't she would have been. super a flirty person either. Like that just wasn't her. Her game was finger guns. That's what that was. <laughs> so the reason I roll my eyes is because when I first joined the campaign, this was like fucking my second or third session or something. No, it wasn't quite that early. We did the manicure, and that was all stressful. We dealt with the aftermath of that. And then we met uh, Nikolai Machiavelli in, I don't remember what town, but we went to him for some, oh, we were looking for info on Balverines. And, uh, hmm? In the capital. Yeah, because he happened to be, like, visiting on business or whatever. And Jade, who was a guild member that we knew, said that he was sort of an expert on Balverines. And we were like, okay. So we went and talked to him. He told us a little bit about Valverines, and we were like, so, like, what the fuck do you do, Nikolai Machiavelli? We've never heard of you before. And he's like, oh, I'm a noble from the fucking Bloodbone Cliffs, and, like, basically we just hunt Valverines. And I was like, oh, well, that fucking explains why you're the expert on Valverines, eh? And he was like, yep. And then he was like, we hold this hunt once a year for, like, the uptight nobles, and then they, they like to come because, like, it's a, a fun thing to be able to bring home a Wolverine pelt to your family or whatever. And we were like... Okay. It's a safari thing of the world, essentially. But, like, and I, I don't even know if this was Eric's intention to do it this way. I just don't think he had dealt with a person like me who read so much into what you say and how you say it. Um, but, like, he specifically implied that this thing was a nobles-only thing. It was, like, a, a thing of, like, having a title and being powerful enough to come do. And then he invites us. And we're like, we're not nobles. And he's like, oh, you can pretend to be nobles. And immediately Mavs is like, that's shifty as fuck. It, it was very <laughs> much, it, was, it wasn't just like, oh, nobles only. It was like nobles, 
wealthy people or like adventurers kind of thing. Maverick did not get that picture. <laughs> Maverick got it's noble, it's like a, a position of power, and then he was like, "Oh, we can just lie and like get you in the book door." And I was like, "That's suspicious." And that was my first experience of being suspicious of Eric for reasons I couldn't explain. And I was <laughs> right. <laughs> so we go to the Bloodbone Cliffs. We're we're in the town. We're walking through. Mushu gets pickpocketed. Mushu takes off after this fucking pickpocket, like nails him to the ground, starts screaming, causes this whole scene in the middle of the square. The rest of the group catches up and I'm like, listen, Mushu, like everyone's tripping. And I'm just like, listen, Mushu, like I get the guy, the kid stole your coin. Eric described him as like a youngish sort of guy. I was like, I get he stole your coin, but like you got it back. Let him fuck off. Like what, what's it matter? Basically, I was the only one that wasn't a total douche to him. And then the town guard come over and they're like, Joseph, what are you doing over here? And we're like, oh, weird. Why does the crown guard know this guy? And it turns out that he's Lord Machiavelli's son. And we're like, why is this kid pickpocketing? He's rich. Whatever. So he goes off. So the, the crown guard let him off and they're like, stop fucking around, kid. Like, we don't got time to deal with your shit. And he's all like, burp, burp, and goes back. And we're like, okay, whatever. And then we go to the Machiavelli Manor. We have our dinner and shit there. And we end up re-meeting Joseph, obviously. And, like, he seems like a pretty chill guy. Um, and then, because of a one-shot we had a while ago, where we fought Balverines in a one-shot, and there was a portal to hell, basically, that was opened up in the ballroom. You guys, you guys dealt with the portal of hell and then found out the servant afterwards was a That's right. Yeah, yeah. The portal wasn't actually to deal with the Balverines. We just found out after that the servant was a Balverine. And then we ended up coming back to this manor. It wasn't specified to us yet that it was the same manor. And then kind of like as we're going through and like Eric's describing things, me and Will are kind of like, is this? Because Will and I were the other ones that survived that one shot. We we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then Eric's like, you're in like the ballroom. You're having dinner and whatever. And like Maverick, you're getting these headaches. And I'm like, why am I getting these headaches? And it turns out that the latent portal that was still underneath the dining room table because we were in the same room, like it wasn't open, but like it was still, like there was a little bit of latent magic there. It was reacting to magic. Such a powerful portal was open that even though it was closed and destroyed, that that tiny rip in reality to open it was still there and her wild magic was reacting to it. So I was having headaches the whole time during dinner and I ended up getting up to leave. Oh, before this, I'm sorry. Joseph had suddenly come to my room unannounced and was just like, hey lady. And I was like, oh, hi. And he was <laughs> like, we have this cool maze out back. I was wondering if you'd come on a walk with me later. And I was like, ah, uh, sure. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> hey, hey, Peyton, come with me. Yeah, and oh, so the whole time I'm masquerading as a noble, and for whatever reason, we decided that Garrett didn't want to masquerade as a noble. He wanted to masquerade as my servant man. So he was like my <laughs> right hand dude the whole time through this, which was kind of hilarious. It's the only time in the entire campaign that Garrett actually listened to me, and it makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> so we went to the dinner. I ended up leaving in the middle of the dinner because of my headaches, and I think he followed it after me. And I said I'd meet him later, but I didn't. And I just, like, went upstairs and, like, was sad for the rest of the night or whatever. But then I felt bad because I left the kid unread, basically. Uh, we went out the next night into the garden, the mazes. Um, I had Caden follow us, and he was not very stealthy and got caught. Um, oh, but he, so. 
Huh? No, I thought he got caught. No, no, that's where the joke where he's Homer Simpson merging into the oh, bush. That's right. when he fell. He went and just kind of merged in. Like, I'm here. Yes. I just see Newt fucking with shit off in the corner. Um, so we went to the maze and he brought me to the middle of the maze where there was, I believe, a willow tree. No, an oak tree. Oak tree. Um, and a shit ton of bunnies. Just bunnies everywhere. Also, these really nice. Introduction of the bunnies. So there were these really nice pink flowers throughout the thing. I had a hairpin at that point that I could use to change my hair color. So I changed my hair color to be the pink that was the same as the flowers. He brought wine. We sat in the middle of this maze and drank wine and played with the bunnies. And it was super, super sweet. And he told me about how his mom died when he was younger and how his mom planted the tree. And so the tree helps him feel close to his mom. And then I was all like, why are you stealing in the city? Brats, you're rich. And he's like, uh, my dad kind of sucks. I don't know if you noticed. He's pretty elitist. And like, I don't like it. I feel like it should be like spread out and stuff. And I was like, aw. And little baby to D&D me was like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> Finger guns ahoy, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah, because um, he walked you back. And then, I think he, like, like, whole, like first, something. It was that awkward first date at the end of the night where you don't know what to do and kind of like lean and... Oh, yeah, he, 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 he and went to like, lean in and I was going. like, <laughs> And hey. so he just kind of, like, went for the cheek kiss and then it's like, good night and uh-huh. walk of shame. So, like, that happened... And then we went on the hunt with his dad. It turns out his dad's a piece of shit and was trying to kill us. And I was right. Um, We came back to the manor to try and figure out basically how to deal with it. And Joseph was there. And uh, it turns out that both Joseph and his father were Balverines. They're like a higher end of werewolf. Basically, there's like levels. You can be like a sentient Balverine or like a shitty brown Balverine. White, white, gray, and brown. Yeah, so white are, like, the top boys, grays are, like, their generals, and then browns are, like, the, the pawns. So it turns out that the whole family is fucking Balverines. Basically, they invite people to come and, like, A, kill them, because Balverines, uh, and turn them into Balverines. And he was basically, like, sewing this weird noble Balverine circle and, like, spreading the Balverine disease across, like, well-known families and things. So it was pretty fucked up. And Joseph was not a fan of it, and he knew about it, and he was all like, yo, I can help you guys do this thing. There was this weird room that seemed like it needed to be opened by a puzzle, and he was all like, I will sacrifice my life so you can open this shit. And I was like, wait, hold on, what? And before I even had a second to think about it, uh, fucking not Mushu, no wait, no, it was Mushu. Mushu, Mushu. Hard to keep track of what character it was. Fucking Mushu drives his sword through Joseph. Right he's, through, but okay. he's like and Mavs is like what the fuck dude like you didn't even give me a chance to think about it and he was like he asked for an honorable death so I gave it to him and I was like I'm pretty sure he didn't have to die like I think we could have just bled him out a bit and he would have been fine we have cure wounds like what <laughs> what the fuck so yeah he got killed needed the blood of the enemy of whatever it was that I was protecting is protected from Belverine, so he did the blood of Belverine, a Belverine to... to open it. So, oh yeah, that was the other so thing. Not he, the life of a Belverine. into a Belverine before us, which was the whole thing. Because yeah. right. Belverine blood. And so that was, like, fucked up for Mavs to be dealing with. 
And then as I kind of went on to the game, I was like, fuck, like, I'm pretty sure she kind of did love him, like, very quickly. Yeah. Fuck! Like, damn it! And now she doesn't want to love anyone anymore, because what if they're a fucking Balverine? That's bullshit. Or what if Mushu just kills them? Right? <laughs> um, final question for Maverick. Ugh. What is something that could have made her turn evil? Oh, man, I had a whole list of stuff. So, um, well, okay, I don't know about evil, but, like, would have made me snap. Newton! This is oh, no, no, not snap. Not snap. What would have made her evil? Define evil for me, then, because her, her biggest fear is not being able to help people, so, like... Okay, what would have caused Maverick to betray the group and go with the enemies? <sighs> what would have made her turn her back on the creed and join with, with the enemies? Hmm. I want to say I feel like if someone could promise I actually okay I'm doing a little short story thing so I had to do some explorative questions and it was like what is your darkest secret or whatever and what I wrote for it was uh immortality seems like a good idea dark magic I'm not so sure about so I feel like if someone could have offered I want to say me, Francis, and my mother, but, like, Francis wouldn't have been happy without Cristera, so she would have had to be included in that, I guess. So I guess if someone could have offered the four of us, like, an island, an island to live on in peace forever and ever, I probably would have been okay, but I don't know. I Honestly, I think it would have taken someone else betraying her first. Because, like, okay. thinking about leaving the Creed behind, as much as, like, I'd only known them for two years or whatever, I don't think she could actively do something to harm them. And she is hyper-aware of the actions of inaction. Okay, so, following up with this, say, the Lich offered to protect, like, no harm would come. Theo, Francis, Christera. So you had to turn on the Iron Creek if you do it. I don't think so. If he got, like, if he got, like, like, let me get my divinity, I'll create a plane, a whole plane of existence for you. You ah. Walk off into the sunset. But you need to turn on your friends. I might, but she also might spend a lot of that time trying to figure out how to get them there. Like, I, I can't see her fully turning on them unless they they betrayed her or she thought they betrayed them first. So, like, if the Lich cooked up some kind of elaborate plan to make her think that the Creed went against her in some way, she might be a little more persuaded. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she'd be able to just leave them knowing what would happen if she did kind of thing. Okay. Um, that's my question for Maverick. Okay. Hi, Morgan. Um, Yay! Would you have ever tried to join the campaign if our sessions weren't so long and like availability and all that? If you took that out, would you have ever wanted to have joined the campaign? 100%. She mentioned it a few times. What would you have come in as? Ooh. Um, I honestly don't really know. I don't really know what the rest of the party was besides Mavs. Tibby, and I know you have a dragonborn, I think was Kyle. Uh, 
follow follow our cleric. Just ah. in general, like we didn't we didn't base the party off of like what we needed. Everyone kind of picked what they wanted to play. So yeah, more, like what you would like to have come into play. Um, I really enjoyed playing a druid for Megan's one shot. I think that would have been really cool. Okay. I could have um, entered the campaign as Vivi. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been interesting. That would have been so cute. <laughs> that would have been interesting. I feel like I wouldn't have wanted to actively play Vimmy though. Um, just like with so much of your backstory being with Eric, I feel like I wouldn't have wanted that much responsibility in your shit. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I would come in as a druid probably. Okay. Um. Question. How excited are you for all of us to be playing together again for the cat one shots when they continue once again? I am so freaking excited. Uh, yeah. Well, we've already played two sessions. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, it's not like I didn't know when you're playing at my house. I know. <laughs> Secret D&D. I just don't want to brag. But... Uh, <laughs> I've just I've had a lot of fun with it and like I think I'm enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would um yeah. and I'm excited for all of us to play together I'm also a little nervous for all of us to play together because the one shot that we had at my house like Megan's one shot <laughs> I felt like there was so much going on and there's going to be more people there I think yeah for the cat one so I'm a little nervous in total but like at that point I'll also have way more experience with playing, so I think it'll be fine, but I'm very, very excited. I'm very excited to meet your character, because I've never encountered a monk and know nothing about monks, so um, I'm specifically excited to meet you. And, like, uh -huh. he's a monk cat, too, so, like, that's just... Yeah. yeah I um, with the large group we'll be having for it, I don't think it's going to be... It's going to be chaotic, but I, I <laughs> think that's going to realize that, like, we all don't have to be doing something. There's gonna be more than people who are like, yeah, no, I'm just vibing with them. Or like, yeah, no, I'm following along. What are you doing? Dylan. I'm also hoping that like by starting you guys in your smaller groups originally, that you guys kinda like not keep to them when you guys are together, but like you guys can kind of work in those groups still without having to trust everyone. Yeah. Be like, why why must I trust you? I just like you say. It's like no, it's like we're probably gonna cool. I'm gonna be with my people today. Mm hmm Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's it. Other than obviously, I still have to make the murder one, sh murder mystery one shot for you, Morgan. I was like, my fucking question. <laughs> I want you to be a DM for me. I still, it still has happened. That was going to be the other thing. Is like, I, I still got to do the murder mystery one shot. I got to write that out. But I do have a few one shot ideas if you would like to play. I'm down. I'm. I feel like I'm just leaning into this. I like D and D now. It's happening. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. It makes me to, so happy. We have to do the goblin call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh -huh. having I never expected to get into D and D like I did, and like talking about it at work, I can tell that there's people who play it, and that's why they understand what the fuck I'm talking about. And then there's people who don't, and they're just like, whatever with your nerd shit. I love and appreciate you so much, Morgan, for taking a genuine interest in my make believe stories that I participated. 
and actually remembering characters' names and stuff, it makes me very happy. And now you're part of it, too. Yeah, man. Well, a testament to, I think, your character and, like, your story, but also a big part was Eric, because he made the story, and he... You know, I know that d and is a lot of the characters choose where it goes, but the DM creates the world you're in, right? And specifically oh, yeah. for Mavs, Eric knew your whole backstory. So, like, I don't know. You did a really good job, Eric. And, like, without knowing me very well, too. Like, we didn't really know each other very well before we started D&D. I just knew that you came over and you played D&D with the boys. And I was like, I right, Eric's a chill dude. He works at the merch or used to work at the merch or whatever the fuck. Cool. And then, yeah, it, Mavs blew me out of the water. <laughs> a lot of it was, like, I had the backstory for her, and I had kind of ideas of the type of person, like, you think you're not, so that helped mold it a bit, but it was also after watching how you play and how you react to things, I'm like, okay. Okay, and then that connects to, oh. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I fucked up in being such a reactive player that no, I, not things I, started getting thrown at me just because I was reacting, but he knew that if he put those things in my way, I would react to them and like without thinking about it. So it was basically always a raw reaction, which was great. Yeah. Even if I told you stuff and go, okay, look, there's a possibility. You're like, oh, you'd tell me, but like, I'm still going to react. I'm like, I know, but I'm giving you the heads up so you can prepare if there's a response that you'd want, you want, if in the moment you're gonna be like, oh, oh, I need a minute. I'm like, no, you need to respond now. And you're like, fuck. It's like, but some, because there's a few things. I'm like, what would Mavericks do if I friendly message her sometimes during the week? And like, what would Mavericks do with this? Or like, hey, hypothetical, they should. My response would be like, fuck yes. off, Eric. <laughs> I don't want to answer your question. There's never a way to be like mean or torturous or like, to get a reaction ever. It's like a one to give her the preemptive, like, this is a possibility. You might want to think about stuff like this. Say bye. <laughs> this, is your, this is your first time playing, and like some stuff has lasting consequences or leads to other things. So just remember that. Mm-hmm. Or is it like, I needed to know like hard lines for role play or stuff that she can't or wouldn't do? And I'm like, okay, we'll do this. Okay, that's not something we're with. Cool. I'll change it. Yeah. Well, and a big part, I think, of me liking D&D is Megan, but the other part is the people that she's playing with, as, like, you, Will, Jesse, like, you guys are all just so, like, you were very welcoming to me, and that one shot that I had in my house was very, like, it was scary for me, because I had never played before, but you guys were just very great with answering my questions, not making me feel stupid, and, like, guiding me oh. in the way I wanted to go. Roll for a second. She's not! There. She's not there. I said perception, Eric. <laughs> it's because I was so confused because you're having us roll perception. Oh, we're, 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 like, because you had been with us most time. Like, she's not there though. It's like, oh. And I, I never saw you. Like, and I saw you like on your phone. I was like, you, like, you're checking your timer. Like, you text like Facebook or something. Okay, whatever. So the one time you would text her, I didn't think of it. And it being your first session, I didn't think you'd do something like that without yeah. just going like, can I do this? And so when that whole happening, and it's like, oh. Or can you see this? I'm like. <laughs> for context for the listeners, when we did my first one shot, I was planning to send the group of them to a town. And when I gave them the location to go, Morgan was like, okay, I stay back at camp. And I was like, oh, 
I hadn't planned for anyone to, all right, fine. Yeah, sure. You can stay back, whatever. <laughs> so then I kept moving forward with the rest of them and I check my phone and I have a message from Morgan because she's a druid and can wild shape that says, if I transform into a bird and follow them, do I have to tell them? And I said, nope, you just need to tell me, my dear. And I am a-okay with that. And the group of them went to a pub that had open windows, which a certain little birdie was resting on. And when something was happening, I had them all roll a perception check. And I also asked Morgan to roll a perception check. And Eric was very confused because he was she wasn't with us or him <laughs> as far as he knew. And he thought that I was just being a confused little newbie DM being like, bitch, she's not here. And I was like, tell me her perception roll. Yeah. But then on top of it, too, I didn't expect Morgan to pull a big brain move yeah. like that on her first <sighs> that session. I thought it was like a, as I'm like, the fuck up <laughs> we so play pride, with now like pride shock and confusion of like excuse me <laughs> like mostly pride <laughs> well mostly i pride. like after we got the role and we like oh yeah and like okay and then like why is she seeing bitch you sneaky little bitch <laughs> oh yeah you don't fit right in i like you <laughs> yeah I, I, I was it was a moment of pride um, I, know, I find, depending on, like, the groups you're in and whatnot, most D&D tries to be very inclusive and no welcoming community, which is a nice thing. Especially the new players, because, like, you don't want to sit there and be like, oh, you're fucking shit, you don't know what you're doing. Like, yeah, if they don't know, it's because they're new. Yeah, give them slack. If someone's been playing D&D for all their class, and they're like, oh, I don't know, I can do this. It's like, you've been playing how long and you don't not? know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, Players, it's like, yeah, give them a break, let them learn, so you can have better players and better mm -hmm. stories. Yeah. And uh, kind of to Morgan's point, I'm just going to, like, take my own moment here. First of all, to, like, the group that we're with, I regularly say that it is unfair almost how lucky I got with the group that I ended up with, because D&D was never something that interested me in high school. Like, I didn't hate it, but I was like, cool. Nerds doing their nerd shit. That's fine. I saw it on fucking Stranger Things and I was like, dope. Uh, I didn't realize the Demogorgon was an actual fucking thing in D&D before that show also. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's kind of funny. Um, and then I just kind of watched you guys play it and like it seemed fun and the things I overheard were kind of funny. And then I joined <laughs> in. Joy. Yeah, like people rolling for dick size. Like just silly <laughs> shit like that. And then and I like I started playing. We can for that one. Yeah, well, are we surprised? Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I remember going to work and like mentioning that I was playing D&D &D, and people freaked out because they were like, people still play D&D? &D? And I was like, yeah, we get together like once a week or whatever. And they were like, holy shit, you guys like do weekly sessions and like blah, blah, blah. But I also know that like when I was starting out with the little bit of D&D &D knowledge I have, I'd come to work and talk about it and they'd be like, oh, like, well, what about this proficiency or like this? And I would be like, I don't know. Like I just started, I only really know my character. And it would feel like they thought I was stupid because I didn't know every single rule about all the shit in D&D. &D. And I was like, guys, I haven't been playing for that long. Like, what the fuck? But then I'd play with you guys and it'd be like, oh yeah, this is how this rule works. Or like there was constant clarification on what was going on. And <sighs> I just wanna say thank you, I guess. Matt's meant a lot to me. Thank you for being such a good player to make me such a good DM. Because you guys helped me out so much. 
I tried to be better for you guys. This is why I always went at the end of session. Any questions, comments, or concerns? Not I'm trying to make feedback cards. Yeah, it was never a, uh, oh, boost my ego, tell me how good I am. It's like, no, tell me what wasn't working where you didn't like so I can change to make it a better experience for all of us. Because hmm. yeah. D&D is definitely a team game. If not, everyone is in it. Not even necessarily for the same purpose. Like you can all want different things from D and D, but I just think it's important to remember that it's a game, and you're all just there to tell a story. Yeah. Yep. Wow, I got really deep. I knew it would. I told you I was gonna cry, and I didn't, and I'm proud. You were close. I was close. I said Mouse is important to me, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I add one more extra deep layer into that. Oh no. Uh, if it wasn't if it wasn't for D and D, the four of us wouldn't be living together. I know. A lot of stuff wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Yep. Because I came close to you guys through D&D. Mm -hmm. I, I knew Aaron when I was friends with him partially before. Like, we, were, like, we knew each other through Aaron, but, like... And, like, I was friends with Will. And, yeah, I don't think I'd really started talking to Jesse yet. Or, like, maybe I just started with Jesse. But, like, I don't think that I would have become as close with them. Because I'm not someone to really become that close with work friends. So I feel like yeah. I probably wouldn't have become as close to them or as close to you or Kyle. I would have fucking given Kyle a 10 foot radius, like <laughs> not getting to actually like take those, that time every weekend to sit down and really get to know him as a person and be like, okay, you're, you're a fine person. You're just a little out there and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's given me a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I also wouldn't have been, Become friends with Morgan, it wasn't through you and then through D and D. So that bless my heart. Also, okay, so I've got my Will and Jesse from work. I've got my Rosie and Haley from work. I've got my Morgan. I've got my D and D little group thingy. Uh, and Steph, like, I probably wouldn't have talked to Steph because she was Aaron's girlfriend, and I didn't like his fucking girlfriends. So I probably wouldn't have even cared about Steph. I'm so happy that we have a chance to actually be friends now, outside of all that, because I love that bitch. Um. But now that D&D has given me a chance to kind of bring all those friend groups together in, like, a way that's not like, oh, just come hang out at my house. It's like, hey, we're doing this wacky bullshit. Come do this wacky bullshit with us. And, like, seeing how well those groups all meld together and how welcoming they all are. Warms my little heart. My little mouse heart. Aww. It just likes to bring people together. So is Mavs really the DM for the cat one-shot campaign? I mean, she already was for for Ostende. Yeah. With uh, Bunnies and Burrows? Yeah. Yes. Bunnies yeah. and Burrows. Yeah. Well, Burrows and Bunnies because then yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because I name all my fucking campaigns anyways like a loser. <laughs> I, I will also say, uh, given Megan this information, Vivi was alive and was safe. I'm pretty sure that was one of my drunk questions was if Trip and Vivi were okay. Yeah, they were traveling with the refugees from the capital to Drakford. <gasps> no! Are you saying that if I had stayed in Drakford for that week, I would have got to see Trip and Vivi in-game? Yeah. Fuck! Fuck! When Jade and the rest of them, when yeah. Jade and the rest of them got to Drakford, uh, Trip and Vivi were with them. Oh, I'm so sad. I will say I'm a little sad that they decided not to go to the temple because I was kind of excited for Mavs to have that week to herself and just pat her around Jackford and pretend everything is normal for a hot second. And also, she knew the refugees were coming, so, like, 
She might have got to see Ludmila and shit. But whatever, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. 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 I'll just never get to play those characters again. <laughs> Oof, wow. Yeah. That's when he has them pop in as NPCs. He'll go, oh, I know this bitch. I know this bitch. Yes. I almost, uh, for Will's new thing, I almost named my character Murphy. And then I realized that that would result in me being called Murph a lot. And I was like, that's way too close to Mavs. I can't deal with that. I can't have another yeah. character. <laughs> Which actually, yeah, uh, Morgan's character for that is a Janassi. And we were looking into how they're created and stuff. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's like a genie bone and a humanoid or whatever. Or like crazy latent magic bullshit that just happens and creates you. And so she's talking to Will about it. And Will's like, do you want to know what like created her? Or do you want it to be like a mystery? She's like, no, I think I kind of want to like figure it out as I go. And I was like, she's pulling a mask. <laughs> she also doesn't have a it last was, name. It, it's fun, but it's also stressful. Worrying. Well, I feel like yours won't be as bad because it's mostly just the event that created you, whereas mine was like, you know, a whole life for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's not quite as bad, but you're still doing a Mavs and I fucking love it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I did a Mavs before I realized I was doing a Mavs. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I guess that's totally what Megan also did. You bet. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun. And now I've done the complete opposite and I have a whole family tree that I had to chart out the other day. I have generations of family history. Wow. I'm not leaving that shit up to chance again. <laughs> God damn it. What's he got to do with it? Hmm? What's he got to do with it? Uh, <laughs> you're so funny. I'm all about those puns. You know it. I know. All right. Well, well wow. I know to players out there who may be listening, one of the best gifts you can ever give your DM Make your backstory, and then have a some place somewhere in that backstory that they don't remember. A nice little vague spot for that DM to go, ooh, trauma. Well, that's kind of mine, too. Like, when Will asked me what I've been doing for the last 25 years, like, I know what my character has been doing, like, as far as when she woke up. I just have no idea how I was born, where I'm from, my background, basically. So that's where Will's like, I, I got you. I got you. Okay. Uh, yeah, and bring snacks. Nothing yes. more exciting as a DM than people showing up and bringing you snacks. Can attest. Yes, it is very much, no matter what DM, any DM says, like, it is the ultimate um, offering to go, you can't tempt me. Okay, the DC is 2.4 now. Thank you for the snacks. Thank you for the snacks. <laughs> yeah, even if I don't eat them that night, I still appreciate the snacks. I just remember the the night of my one shot. Like Kyle brought me a rock star and a bag of Doritos. Will brought me some rock stars, and I was like, "Is this what this is?" I feel like I'm a god that's being given like offerings. <laughs> Please, uh, let's cure my character. Yes, let me live. To me, it's that one meme I always see of No Face, where he's standing in front of the. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> also, uh, just a pro tip as a player, just follow your gut. If you want to scry on a star and you think it's going to end badly, fucking do it. If your DM gives you the choice between two stores and one of them is clearly probably a front <laughs> or a joke, go to the joke store first. It'll be worth it. I promise. It won't just be a boulder. For fuck's sake. <laughs> and never, never don't uh, be afraid. If you make a mistake or fuck up, it makes a good story for the characters to 
learn from or make fun of each other for. A hundred percent. Because now you and Steph have jokes about that boulder for forever that you could make. And yeah. also, as a DM, don't be afraid of improv, man. That's like most of the shit that people have said was like their favorite stuff from my campaign was something that they just pulled out of, or I pulled out of my ass, not they pulled out of my ass. Please don't pull things out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they kind of like made me pull there. it out of my ass, but <laughs> you can ask how many things I have in there. <laughs> well, not a boulder anymore. Hat, but suggestions from my ass. <laughs> yeah. Well, boulders already come out of there, so there's probably a lot more space. Oh, yikes. Yeah, I made a lot more space now. Nice. Oh, God. All right. Well, like on we that need to note. Stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, because speaking of D&D, I have a fucking online campaign to do in like half an hour. Ooh. Yeah, we're playing Starfinder for a bit today, which is not, which D&D in space. I'm a bear. Nice. W- what's the character's name? Gare Bear. Gear bear. <laughs> gear bear on mechanics license because he's a mechanic. It says bear comma gear. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, he's got little like little robot fingers to like help him do his his little work. Nice. I like overalls. I realized on Hero Forge that you can totally make a bear person, so I might go make my character now on Hero Forge. <laughs> so. And my yeah. final question: What is, what does a gear bear sound like? <laughs> kind of like that it basically uh gear's character is very like han solo based so we're basically the han solo and chewy of the campaign it's pretty oh my god i love that we're hilarious yes (laughs) Alrighty. well i'm gonna go die for a little bit and then do that okay Bye. Bye. bye bye